0: Hey Medina East, Tommy here. Welcome to our online weekend experience. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. If this is your first time ever checking out Grace Church, we are so glad that you are here. Uh, This week we invite you to sit in on a discussion centered around James 4, all about when plans change. Also, stick around after the conversation for a time of musical worship. I'm excited to spend this time together. Uh, Before we jump into our conversation, I wanted to give you some important updates and announcements. Uh, For all updates and announcements, you can check out our website, medinaeast.gracechurches.org, and make sure there you click on the View Programming Updates tab. Uh, There you'll find Power Kids announcements, student ministry social media links, and even a Spotify playlist of songs. Plus, there's a few other helpful resources to help navigate through this time. You'll also find access to online giving. Uh, Giving is a way for those who follow Jesus to worship and express faith in God's provision and in his faithfulness to us in this uncertain time. If you or your family have urgent needs, call the church office. That number is 330-239-2600. For any non-urgent needs, feel free to fill out the Connect Card on our website or our Grace Church app. And as always, please use the Connect Card for any comments or prayer requests. Although we are not meeting in person, that does not mean that church is canceled. The church is people like you, not a building. In this time, we want to come together to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community in the world. I hope you enjoy today's experience. And as always, we love you guys and we really miss seeing you.
1: Well, hey, and welcome to our online weekend experience here at Grace, the Medina East Campus. And uh, it's Pastor Tony coming to you. And if we've never had a chance to meet before, if it's your first time connecting at Grace, I just want to extend a special welcome to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And actually with me, I actually have my wife, uh, Jessica, who is, uh, who is joining. And uh, we, we actually wanted to kind of shoot this and come to you from our living room. And so I know that um, there's many of you who are watching this in in your living room at your home or maybe another room in your house. And so we thought, hey, how cool would it be just kind of invite you into our house and invite you in our living room kind of during this unique time too. And so we wanted to do something this weekend uh, that's actually really unique. And and we know that we're in kind of a unique season uh, as a country right now anyway. And so we said, hey, what if we kind of capitalized on that? And what if we kind of thought of our time together this weekend? and kind of approached it a little bit like a life group. And, uh, and so if you've been connected to life groups here at Grace, it's, it's kind of like this, right? We kind of meet in a living room together and have some discussion sort of around some things. And so what if we kind of approached it that way? And so what if instead of just thinking of me as a pastor at a church, uh, what if you kind of thought of me as maybe a life group leader, as a discussion leader? And what if you thought of your living room sort of as an extension of our own? And we're kind of meeting here together uh, a little bit. And so we're going to do that. Hopefully, it'll be kind of fun as we approach it that way. I actually asked a few other people to join us as well to kind of of be part of this conversation and discussion. And so joining us via Zoom, which is the way that actually a lot of our life group leaders are meeting right now, is uh, Rick and Sonia Scavuzzo. So Rick and Sonia, you guys want to say hi real quick? Hey, guys. Cool, yeah. So Rick and Sonya have been on our team here at Grace for a while, but they also are life group leaders. And so if you've been around our campus, you might know them or might be connected to their life group. So we're excited to have them. Uh, we also have via Zoom, uh, DJ Douglas. DJ, you want to say hey to everybody?
2: Hey
1: guys. Cool. Yeah, so, so DJ uh, actually is also on our team. He helps with UNITE, which is uh, United, which is our young adult ministry. And he also leads a life group. And so we got some life group leaders here and stuff. And, and so what we said, like, is we kind of want to approach this a little bit like a life group. And so during kind of our time here today, uh, we want to pause uh, as I kind of go through this teaching and have some points that we're going to do a little bit of discussion. And then we actually also want to ask you in your living room uh, to maybe at certain places kind of pause and discuss things for a few minutes. Or if you're watching this on Facebook Live, or on YouTube Live to kind of utilize those to have some conversations there as well. So we're going to do that. So the, the conversation that I want to lead us in here today um, is actually the, the, the topic of when plans change, when plans change. And I think uh, for all of us who are kind of here, I, I, I don't need to tell you that this is an extremely relevant topic to uh, the situation that we find ourselves in right now. I don't think any of us could have foreseen Uh, even just a month ago, uh, what it is that we're kind of the moment that we're finding ourselves in right now. And I don't know about you guys, but, man, I I would just say for me, it seems like not only have my plans changed, but they keep changing. So so every day there's like a new landscape and there's a new set of facts that we have to navigate. And so it's an extremely relevant topic. But I think it causes many of us to ask the question, like, what do you do with a time like this? How do you navigate through a time like this? How do you process and think about it? I think especially for those who follow Jesus, and of course, I know that not everyone watching today is a follower of Christ. Some of you might be kind of new to the church thing, new to the Jesus thing, and just joining us. By the way, we're so glad to have you. But the question is, you know, like, how do we process through this? How do we, how do we even interpret some of the things that we're kind of going through today? And so we're going to talk about that and, and sort of look at what Scripture says. But before we do, uh, one of the things I want to do, it might be kind of corny, but I, I'm figuring since we're doing the life group thing. Maybe the way we would start is actually with an icebreaker question. So I know at our life group, this is actually what we would do. We'd start in our living room with an icebreaker question. And so we'll do that here just with us. And then would love for you to do that at home as well. But here's the icebreaker question I prepared for you. Uh, it's this. So uh, generally speaking, okay, so generally speaking, like, so outside of times where there's a global pandemic happening, um, how do you tend to respond to change? Okay, what, how do you tend to respond? So three options. I'll give three options to all of us. So number one, are you the kind of person who hates change? Like hate it, can't stand it, love to have a plan, love to be prepared, love to feel like I'm in control. And the moment things don't go according to plan, it's like nightmare. So is that you? Are you, maybe number two, uh, the option would be just right down the middle, you just accept change. You don't hate it. You don't love it. You just understand that it's a part of life, and you're just willing to adapt, kind of on the fly. You make plans, but you know you kind of hold on loosely to those things. Or number three, are you the person who loves change, like love it, enjoy it, view it as kind of an adventure? So let's go ahead and answer that uh, kind of together. DJ, why don't you start? How would you answer that question?
2: Yeah, um, I'm typically someone that i roll with change. I'm not uh, as diabolical as saying that I love change, and just uh, just you know, thrive in chaos. But I think uh, I, I'm t- typically one that I can adapt well to change it.
1: Okay, good. Skavuzos, what do you guys say? Why don't you go first?
2: Well, I hate
3: change. <laughs> I mean, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me change anything, because I got a plan.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
4: would have to say, it, honestly, it probably depends a bit on the change we're talking about, but the thought that came to my mind when I heard the question was, I actually love it. I actually like change. Wow. Like an opportunity. That's why we're
3: married.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, opposites so it, attract. It
4: creates an opportunity to, and uh, so to be creative and finding a way to adapt.
1: Okay, mm-hmm. hates it, loves it. There you go. Okay. All right. What about you, babe?
5: Um, hates a strong word, but yeah. I guess I would probably bend more towards strongly disliking. Okay. Change. Strongly disliking. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, opposites attract. So I right. would say, outside of global pandemics, I love change. I seek it and enjoy yeah. it. So that'd be my my answer so hey why don't you guys just take a couple minutes at home or wherever you're at just go ahead and answer that question it might be kind of fun so which one are you you hate it you accept it or you love it take a few minutes all right well no matter how you answer that question the truth is all of us have to adjust to change and especially in this season and you know as i was thinking about just the uniqueness of the season that we're in i couldn't help but think of a passage that keeps coming back to my kind of my mind and that's in james chapter 4. And so, uh, I actually want to encourage you. If you got a Bible, why don't you grab that right now, uh, or go get one, or open up your Bible app. And if you would uh, literally take your Bible and open it with me, or open up your Bible app, and let's just take a look at this passage together. We're going to look at James chapter four, and it's actually a very uh, short little passage of the Bible, but I think it's extremely relevant to what we're talking about. So it's James four verses thirteen to seventeen. So again, short little verse, but very relevant. And so. Um, maybe we can have, would would someone in our kind of chat room here be willing to go ahead and read that for us? James 4, verses 13 to 17.
2: Yeah, I can go ahead and read that for you. Okay, thanks, DJ. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, uh, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them.
1: All right. Yeah. Thanks for reading that, man. And uh, my guess is that for maybe if you're like me, when I first read that passage, I immediately think to myself, I hold on, like, what exactly is it that James is saying here, Right. Because it seems like at first glance, when you read that, it almost sounds like, at least upon first reading, that James is kind of saying that it's wrong to make plans, that it's arrogant, that it's sinful to make plans. Like If you just look, look, look again with me down at verse 13, and I want you to notice what he says. He says, now listen, you who say, and then in my Bible, and I'm guessing in your Bible, the next thing is in quotations. And so James is quoting a hypothetical person He says, "Now listen, you who say." And then notice what this person says. There's three things: Uh, today or tomorrow. So they give a time. They say we're going to go to this city or that city. They give a place. We're going to carry on business and we're going to make money. In other words, we have a reason or we have a goal. And so, so basically, what James is saying here, he says, "Listen to you who say that we're going to go to a place during a certain time to do a certain thing," which. I'm pretty sure applies to every single person who's ever made any plan at all, right? That we're saying, I'm gonna to go to a place to do a thing at a certain time. And it's interesting to me, if you notice, look what he says about that person if you glance down at verse 16. He says, all such boasting, or are, are, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes and all such boasting is evil. And so you're like, what is James saying? Is James saying that anytime we make a plan and say that we're going to do a certain thing at a certain time for a certain reason. That we're arrogant. And that, so if you're like, tomorrow I'm going to go to the grocery store at noon to pick up Purell. Is James like, arrogant! You are so evil. And Is that, is that what he's actually saying there? And of course I think the answer to that question is, um, well no, that's not what he's saying. And so what is, he, what is he actually getting at here? And I think if you actually study and look more deeply at the passage... You see that James is actually trying to draw out three, I think, very, very important things. And here's the three things, and this is what I want to kind of base our discussion on. I think James is going to say that these three things. That number one, that our fragility, that my fragility, that an honest assessment of our fragility plus, plus God's sovereignty, right? An honest admission of God's sovereignty is going to lead me to see clearly— and to plan wisely. So I think it's those three things. My fragility and God's sovereignty is going to lead me to see things clearly and to plan wisely. All right, so let's just talk through those three things and maybe have some discussion here. So let's talk first about the first thing James draws our attention to. That's this idea of my fragility. If you look down at verse 13 and 14, look what he says. Now listen you who say today or tomorrow we're gonna go to this city or that, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Now look what he says in verse 14. Why? You don't even know what tomorrow's going to bring. You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. What, and then he asks this question, what is your life? It's actually a pretty interesting question if you think about it. What is your life? Then he answers it in verse 14. He says, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And what's he talking about there? Well, I think he's bringing up this, actually a very common biblical theme. That's the fragility of life. The Bible's going to say we're a mist, we're a vapor, It's going to say we're like the grass that grows and then it withers. And, uh, you know, I think that this reality of the fragility of life has really been brought into crystal clear focus over the past few weeks. I think all of this has reminded us in a lot of ways of how fragile, how frail, how temporary life really is. You know, coronavirus, I think, reminds us how vulnerable we really are and how frail life is. I think that the past few weeks have displayed to all of us how little control we really have over our own lives. I think we're all feeling that. So let me ask you guys this question then, for those of us who are here, why do you guys think that um, in times when we're reminded of our fragility, kind of like we are right now, in times where we are reminded that we have far less control than we tend to think that we do, why is it that oftentimes we respond like with fear, with anxiety, maybe even for some of us with anger, or with panic, what do you think that that's exposing in us and is kind of bringing out to the surface? So let's just kind of talk about that for a minute.
4: Yeah, well, maybe I'll jump in and and answer that. So um, I think what comes to my mind is it, um, I think what it exposes in me is uh, the reality of, of the fact that I don't trust God fully. Right. You know, I think, I know I have a desire to be in control, and when I'm not in control, like, just like you said, Tony, I feel anxious and uncertain and and there's anxiety with that. And, you know, I think if I pause a little bit and think that through, it's it's really comes from the source of that is that I'm not really trusting God. I haven't trusted him with, you know, the finances that, that maybe a situation like this brings up, the worry of finances or the worry of the health of myself or my family or extended family and you worry about those things and and i think if you peel back the layers a little bit what it reveals is like we're, we're not i'm not trusting god with those things in a way that's full and complete
3: yeah
4: yeah
1: that's really good man yeah mm-hmm.
3: yeah i think too that um i don't think we're ever uh, more understand or we're faced with the fragility of life obviously when we lose someone Um, in our lives when they pass away and suddenly it hits you like a freight train that whether or not um, you don't live in the reality that you're fragile, but uh, when that happens, um, it causes um, pain and fear and anxiety. Um, And I think it's for the reasons that you mentioned uh, that um, there's a, that we can't control that. We really can't. And so that, that generates that um, angst in us and um, and in me um, that we really don't have um, the ability to to change that fact about us and that causes a lot a, a lot of anxiety and I think that's heightened in this and during this season when um, the coronavirus is real I mean it's a big deal um, it's a disease and so um, I think for people that follow Christ though I think that 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 God has um, told us that there's more to life than just this life. And so um, do we choose to trust that or not? Mm
1: -hmm. That's really good. Yeah. Really good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. DJ, what do you think?
2: Um, uh, So I think my thoughts actually reflect a lot of what Rick, you had said, that I think the emotions of anxiety and fear that they come when we no longer can control the outcome of a particular situation. Because um, it's comforting to be able to control something or to know the outcome, um, but when that assurance is taken from us, uh, that moves us from a place of um, anxiety or a place of fear to a place of obedience or a place of of faith. And I think when we're relying uh, on faith solely, I mean that can be challenging, and I mean that's going to stir a lot of emotions. So when we're when we're in a place of faith, just relying heavily on our faith, that. can um, stir some fear
1: Mm -hmm. yeah that's good Yeah.
5: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um I think for me I'm definitely a control freak by nature and so it exposes uh just all the areas where I have false senses of security and so whether it's schedules or people or um I don't know all kinds of things or finances or whatever um all that stuff gets rattled because it's not there anymore. And so I think even this situation has exposed where I have done that and my security isn't only found in Jesus, but it's Jesus plus this, Jesus plus that or whatever. And so um, being reminded uh, just that Jesus and he is the same yesterday, today and forever, like the Bible says. And um, so that's what I have realized I'm not fully clinging to. And so that gets exposed and that makes you feel weak and all kinds of good things. And I think right now we really don't have an exact end date on this. And so that, um, is, I don't know, brings about even more insecurity of not knowing when this is going to end. And so I think that makes it harder too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I, I really feel like that's part of what James's point is here is that, recognizing our fragility should change our priorities. You know, it should change the way we look at things and the way we even view our own plans. And um, I was thinking a lot about Psalm 90. Moses says uh, something really great there. He says, Lord, teach us to number our days so that we can gain a heart of wisdom. And I think what Moses is saying there is that part of wisdom begins in understanding our own fragility and knowing that. So uh, maybe at home, why don't you just take a few minutes with the people you're with or If you're on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, maybe process with some people there about this question here. How do you think that living in light of our fragility helps shape your priorities? How does it change those things? And then maybe here's another good question, just to talk about maybe even with your family. How has the last couple of weeks changed the way that you view your priorities? How has it done that? And so why don't you take a few minutes and process through that together. All right, so we're talking about those three things. We talked about our fragility. The second thing we see in this passage, I think, though, is James is going to draw our attention to God's sovereignty. And I want you to notice what he says. If you if you look down with me at verse 15 and 16, here's what James says. He says, instead, you ought to say. So real quick, remember what he just said in verse 13 and 14, right? What he said was, listen to you who say, you know, those of you who say, we're going to go and do this. and We're going to plan this. He says, what is your life? You're like a vapor. But then he says in verse 15, instead, you ought to say if it is the Lord's will, we will live and we will do this or that. And then he says, as it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, and all such boasting is evil. So I want you to notice something here I think is interesting. In verse 15, uh, he gives another hypothetical character kind of person, and notice that this person is also a planner. And so he, this is a person that says, we will do this or that. And so let me just be clear here. I think what James is telling us is, it's not wrong to plan. That's not at all what he's saying. Uh, you see that the person in verse 13 and the person in verse 15 are both planning. But you'll notice in verse 15, there's a there's one key difference, right? And what is the difference? Well, it's this little phrase that he uses right here, if it's the Lord's will, right? If the Lord wills it. So like what's James saying there? Is James saying that uh, if you make any plans, you just have to make sure to use the magic phrase, right? That he's basically saying like, kind of like, well, you didn't say Simon says, like you gotta say if the Lord wills, like that's kind of the rule. Is that what he's saying there? And um, of course, I think when you study this passage, that what you're gonna find is that James is not as concerned with word use as he is with worldview. Mm-hmm. I think the big difference between a verse 13 planner and a verse 15 planner isn't word use, it's actually worldview. Mm-hmm. And what's the difference in the worldview? Well, if you look at verse 13, you notice that here's a person, here's a planner, who's actually very presumptuous, right? He's, he's, he's saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and this is all going to happen. And this is a person who's making plans and who's navigating life in such a way where there's no reference or no acknowledgement to God whatsoever. Um, and, and in other words, I, I think that what you see here is you see a person who basically is living in such a way that they're totally forgetting about God. Just totally forgetting about. I think this is what Francis Schaeffer um, actually called. uh, He actually called practical atheism. It's the idea that maybe you believe in God or maybe you don't, but you just live life like God doesn't exist. And I think that that's actually what he's pointing out here. Is is kind of the danger that comes in living in this presumptuous way, kind of as a practical as a practical atheist. What's even more fascinating to me is if you look at verse sixteen. Notice what James says about that worldview. He says it's actually unwise and arrogant. He uses the word arrogant. And it's fascinating to me that the Greek word that's used there for arrogant, what that literally means is it means to boast about something that you do not possess. It means to take credit for something that you have no right taking credit for in and of yourself. And so, so let me ask you guys this question, all right? In light of what, he's, what, what James is saying here, what, what's the big deal, right? Why is it such a big deal that James feels the need to bring this to the attention of the churches that he's writing to, that he, he basically thinks it's such a big deal that he has to include it into his letter. And obviously it's such a big deal that God has included it in the Bible, right? Why is it such a big deal to live in reference and to live in recognition of God? So what do you guys think about that? I'm curious what your thoughts are.
3: Uh, I couldn't help but think about, um, as you were talking, Tony, I couldn't help think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, and how here she being uh, engaged to Joseph must have been heavy in the plans of preparing and planning for a wedding. And uh, she gets a visit from an angel that tells her, hey, plants are changing. And uh, she has to uh, think about that and hear the message that the the angel tells her, "Do not be afraid." In Luke chapter one, uh, Mary, you found favor with God, and uh, she's and that she's going to have a child. And uh, she says, "Well, how can that be? Because I'm a virgin. You know, that's not part of the plan. That's not the plan that I have." And um, uh, the angel tells her and explains why. And uh, her response is astounding to me. Um, he says that the angel says, "For nothing is impossible for God," and her response is, "I am the Lord's, ser- the Lord's servant," and uh, I, I don't know. I just can't help but think about here's here's somebody that was um, planning, uh, going about um, planning for a very special day in her life and uh, the life that she was going to be leading, and and God had a different plan for her, and so she had a choice to either um, is God sovereign, um, is God in control, and uh, she asked questions about it, but her response was yeah, God's in control, so, so let it be. And uh, I just love that. I think I know when I'm confronted with times of God's sovereignty in my life, like who's really in control, um, I get a lot of um, comfort from reading something like this um, and, and learning from Mary, um, who we see her whole life story and all the opportunities that she had to say uh, no to her plans and yes to God. And um, I, I just think that that example, to me, is
1: uh, super powerful. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great, yeah. Yeah,
2: for for me, what stands out is the idea of pride versus humility. Uh, James obviously thinks it's important in verse uh, 6. He says, God opposes the proud, uh, but shows favor to the humble. And this isn't something that's just new. Well, in, in James's time, it's on the third page of the Bible when you go all the way back to the fall of man, you you get um, you get this idea that the enemy in, in the fall of man, he, he wanted to plant the seeds of doubt for us to, instead of obeying God, um, the enemy said, you will know only when or you will know good and evil uh, after you eat the forbidden fruit. And then in, later on in Genesis, uh, God says, now they have become like us, knowing good and evil. And so you get this idea that um, we're supposed to be dependent on God and reliant on God to be the ones that that God's the one in control, that God's going to be or should be the one to dictate good and evil. And it's when um, our pride steps in the way. And then it's its this, um, I mean, look, we have this massive amount of faith in ourselves and this trust in ourselves or pride that uh, we, we say that we're the ones that get to decide what's right and what's wrong. And I think that's when For me, you know, myself personally, I'll get into trouble when I start to put my plans or elevate my plans um, and not seek God um, as I go through just daily living. Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, it's really strong, man. Mm -hmm.
5: I think not only, like you said, DJ, getting in trouble um, when it's your plans and not God's plans, but um, when we make plans in recognition of God, we are joining him in plans that will affect eternity. Like, my plans are short-sighted. My plans are self-focused. And when I'm surrendered to God's plans, um, it's so much greater than anything that I could um, think up. And um, and this ultimately, isn't this like our struggle every single day of um, being focused on what it is God wants and surrendering what we want? And I think God knows. I don't think I know. God knows how... Um, easy it is for us to get focused on something else and to get distracted and to put ourselves in the chair instead of putting him in the chair. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, this is our daily battle of, uh, recognizing that truth that, um, our, our plans and our life ultimately is all about being fully, uh, surrendered to him and his plans and his will.
1: Yeah, that's good. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, and, uh, I, when I heard your question, Tony, my mind went right to uh, John chapter 15, where Jesus talks of, talks about uh, abiding in Him and having an abiding relationship with Him. In fact, in that passage, He tells us that that we can do nothing unless we unless we have an abiding relationship with Him, and it, and if we do have an abiding relationship with Him, that will produce good fruit. We'll, our life will produce things for Him, and so when I think about plans and you know, um, relying on, on God's spirit to lead us in, in how we live out our lives and the plans we make and how we kind of function with those plans, I think of staying connected. I think of that idea of abiding relationship with Jesus um, yeah. and being in, in communion with him and uh, relying on his spirit to lead and guide us and trusting that as we do that, trusting the promise he makes to us in that passage, that if we abide in him, and our and his words abide in us, then then uh, we'll we'll produce we'll produce fruit for him.
1: Yeah, I, I love that, Rick, and I think that a lot of what you guys are saying sort of reminds me a little bit that um, I think one of the reasons this is such a big deal to God and it's such a big deal that it's in the Bible uh, is because God really loves us and He cares about us and He wants what's best for us. And um, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this that throughout throughout history, theologians have. Uh, take in the attributes of God and they basically have categorized them in two different categories. Um, And so one is they call them the communicable attributes of God and then the incommunicable. And actually that term, strangely enough, is also a medical term. And so if there's a disease that's communicable, it's contagious. It's kind of relevant to what we're experiencing right now. And if it's incommunicable, it's, it's not contagious. And they basically talk about the attributes of God, that there's those that are communicable, that is to say, there's, there's certain attributes of God that you can catch, right? Like if you're in his presence, you'll become more loving, you'll become more merciful, you'll become more kind, because those are communicable attributes of God. But then there's that which is incommunicable, and those are the things that just by virtue of who God is, because he's the creator, he possesses that we cannot. So that'd be things like his sovereignty, or you hear... Sometimes theologians talk about like his omniscience or his omnipresence or his omnipotence, these ideas of being all-powerful, all-knowing, those kind of ideas. And um, what I think is so interesting, and like DJ, you talked about it, I think that ever since Genesis chapter 3, our biggest problem has really been that we desire the incommunicable attributes of God and not the communicable ones. And, uh, And I think that Man, the source of so much of the anxiety that we face in life, and stress, and fear, are a lot of times because we're trying to sit in a seat we don't belong in. And uh, God is a better God than we are, <laughs> and and He's adequately designed to do that. So I think that that's an important thought in this too. So why don't we do this? How about you at home? Maybe discuss a little bit as well. Here's a question for you: In your current circumstance, how does knowing that God is in control, how does and that He has a will? How does that help shift your perspective in the midst of what you're going through right now? So maybe take some time in your own living room and process through that question uh, just for the next few minutes. All right, so let's talk about this last thing together. So we said our fragility, James draws our attention to that, God's sovereignty, right? The fact that God is in control of all things that he has a will. And we said that that's gonna lead us to a place where we can see clearly, where we can see reality, and we can plan wisely, right? Right. And so one of the key themes throughout the book of James, if you've ever read it, is that James is gonna talk about this idea of worldly wisdom versus like godly wisdom or wisdom from heaven. And, um, and so I think he's gonna take that idea of godly wisdom and apply it to our plans. And he's gonna say, this is the formula for godly wisdom and godly planning is, man, my fragility plus God's sovereignty is gonna help me know how to navigate and how to respond to those things. So let's just talk about that for a minute. Here's a question for us to think about. How do you guys think that a recognition of those two realities, right, my fragility, sorry, I hit my microphone, my fragility and uh, God's sovereignty, how does a recognition of those things help us to live wisely right now, right? So practically speaking, in this moment, how do those two realities help us, and how do they help us think through and plan and process kind of the season that we're in right now in a wise way so what are some thoughts that you guys have on that
2: yeah tony i can um i can kick us off here so i think uh, practically speaking um, in order to and for us to be informed and how do we move into the world uh, that we live right now um, we kind of need to seek uh, god first and i think ultimately it comes down to um, self-will versus god's will. Uh, The problem with self-will is self-will at the center of it is me. Like I'm trying to conform the world into my image or I'm, I'm trying to form um, my ideas or my ideals on the world. Um, And the center of like God's will is like, is God that God is forming this world and he's forming us to the image of his son. Um, So the, the, the focus is on, on God rather than on us. And ultimately I think like right now, we have, there's, there's so much time to ourselves that um, what are we relying on right now to inform us? And I think that it's so easy to just turn on the news and then just to see you know, what the TV has to say about how we're supposed to live and the way that we're supposed to view the world right now. Um, but I would, I would push back a little bit on that. And I would say the first step uh, truly is, are we engaging in God's word? Um, are we engaging in his, his transforming A word and like it's living and breathing and live and active word. And then the the second way I would say is, I mean, it's not, it's not profound, but are we spending time in solitude in prayer? Like we have plenty of time right now in solitude, but are we seeking God um, in prayer? I know that we have a unique time right now that we can just stop and just spend time with God that most of us, we don't get time. We don't get time like this um, to just stop and slow down, and to spend time in God's word, uh, or to spend time in prayer. So those are my, my the two practical steps that I would say uh, for me right now have been most beneficial is to to spend time with God, uh, reading His word and, and in prayer.
1: It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I
4: thought of a lot of the same thoughts that that DJ shared, and and again I thought of this idea of pursuing a daily relationship with Jesus, pursuing an abiding relationship with Him, and. You know, spending time with him and 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 listening to the voice of Jesus through His Word and and really through other people, through other believers who follow Him, through life groups and and being in church, we we hear God speak to us that way as well. I think I think developing a sensitivity to to the leading of His Spirit so that we have you know uh, ears to hear the Spirit's call in our life and a willingness and to to be obedient to that. That leading, I think as we do that, um, you know, this idea of understanding that that our, like Moses said in Psalm ninety that that our days are short and they're numbered, and we have to live in a way that recognizes that that reality, that mortality, and at the same time uh, leaning into the, um, the leaning into trusting the plans that God has, and trusting the fact that He's got a plan even when we don't know there is one. And I think when we're in a daily relationship with Jesus, when we really believe that uh, we live in a daily relationship with him,
3: that, that plays out in a practical way that's powerful. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And I think this is a really unique time, a unique opportunity to um, that we are experiencing the fragility of life. Uh, we're feeling that, and so it's raising these questions in our minds and in our hearts. And so um, I think that, I think that feeling that you have if we allow that uh, to cause us to pursue God and to understand him and the love that he has for us, um, he says again and again, do not be afraid. And it's not just uh, don't be afraid. It's don't be afraid because I'm God, right? And I love you and I have a plan for you and I died for you and my grace is uh, available to, to all. And so when when we hear those truths and understand those truths and um, uh, breathe them in and take them in, um, like you said, DJ, instead of um, taking in what we're hearing on the television, it's not, not to ignore it, but um, here's the truth that's going to feed my soul um, at this time. And, and then what does that do? That just grows my relationship with God my trust in Jesus, that he is right and true. The things that he says in his word I can experience and I can feel. And then I suddenly am able to share that with other people because I personally have felt that and have seen that happen in my life. And so I make the decision to, I want to be informed. Sure, I'm watching what Governor DeWine says at his two o'clock meeting, but like, okay, so then what do I do with that? Um, I'll, I'll take it to God. I love DJ, you said about praying. Yeah, so this is a great opportunity to allow all of this to come to the surface, to talk about with God, to pray um, talk about it with your family.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really good.
5: Yeah. I, I so agree with you, Sonia. I think, um, as much as I hate this because I'm an extreme extrovert Mm -hmm. to a ridiculous degree, I don't think I realized until this how much I do love being with people all the time. But, um, I think that is the blessing of this time is that it does cause us to, um, see, uh, maybe where we were grasping for security from and um, finding uh, truth to cling to instead of our feelings, our situations or whatever. And um, when we're in this kind of new normal for right now, um, using that time to fight to focus on Jesus and not on the situation. And um, for me, I'm like practically that's uh, in those quiet times that you guys all talked about Um reminding myself of the truth of the gospel and not the truth of my situation and how I'm feeling about it. And so, um, the gospel of radical sin, our radical sin, God's radical grace and our radical love in response to that. And, um, that is true no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's happening around us. And so, um, reminding myself of that every single day, um, is really good. It kind of reminds me of, um, Rick, I heard you talk about it in the, what is the Bible class? The gospel prayer from J.D. Greer, right? Mm-hmm. That was a really good one to kind of pray every day, tape that up on your mirror and read that and remind yourself of um, really what we're living for because our situation here does not change our purpose and it doesn't change, um, yeah, it doesn't change any of that. So it looks a little different, mm-hmm. but um, it's not really, yeah. you know.
1: That's, that's awesome. I think everything you guys are saying just reminds me that I think, you know, practically speaking, what this does is it it really changes the way that I process things uh, internally, for one, Mm -hmm. um, because it reminds me that peace is not found in having control. Peace is found in knowing the one that does. And whenever I feel anxiety or fear, um, rather than addressing those things to myself, who can control nothing... Um, to bring those things practically to God in prayer, I think is very practical. And I think it also changes the way that we process things externally as well. Mm -hmm. It changes the way we plan because this blows me away and it still blows me away. It's so simple, but in James, he says, we need to say, if the Lord wills. Mm -hmm. And that is an acknowledgement that there is a Lord, there's God, and that he has a will, Mm -hmm. that he actually has a plan. And even in the midst of things like we're facing right now, we could look and say God has a plan and that the only reason anything exists, the only reason we exist is because God willed it to be, is that God planned it to be. I think that's an amazing thought. You know, I just want you to think about this for a minute. Just all of us and even if you're watching online, I just want you to think about this for a minute. We, everything exists because God willed it to be. Um, t- take just a second, and this might seem silly to you, but literally do this. Take your two fingers and I just want you to feel your pulse. Go ahead and do it, everyone. I know you're like He doesn't see me. I see you. <laughs> do it. All right, put it. Just find your pulse. I just want you to feel that for a minute. You feel it? Now, let me just ask you a question. Are you doing that? Do you, do you have anything to do with that? And I think it's a reminder to us that someone is willing that to happen. And someone is allowing that to happen. And, and listen, here's, here's what I would just say. If you're a person who maybe is not sure what you believe about God or you're investigating Jesus, I think this is worth your consideration. I think it's worth you thinking about that. Um, that w- what the Bible teaches is that the, the very one who wills your heart to beat is the same one who created the stars and that he loves you and that he cares for you. And could it be that even in moments like this, when we are, when we are confronted with our own fragility, uh, that that is not something that would cause us to be anxious or fearful, but maybe, maybe it's, it's God trying to draw our attention to one who's stronger than us, the one that we can rely on and we can trust. And I'm just saying, if you're a person that's investigating God, maybe for you, uh, this is a time for you to really kind of ask some of the bigger questions of life. And maybe it is time to get serious about kind of thinking about who is God and and what is he like and maybe to go from a place where your heart maybe previously was even hardened to those things to maybe being softened and to talk with someone or to process with someone else through those things because here's what we believe. We believe that we're fragile and we're frail, but we believe that God is sovereign and he is in control. And I think when we live in light of those realities, it brings us to see things clearly, our own life and our own purpose and allows us to really kind of plan wisely. So I just want to encourage you, if you have some things we could be praying for you about, we would love to do that. Connect with us on those connect cards. We'd love to process with you. If you have any questions, we'd love to help process through those things as well. But uh, for our time here on the online experience, why don't we close in some prayer, and then, uh, and then we will, uh, we'll kind of stop it there. So, Can I say um, one more thing? Yeah, one more thing. Mm-hmm.
5: Um, I was just thinking, as you were talking about James 4, about how the two people that are talked about um on the outside can look like the same like if mm. you're a person who's making your plans you can look one way and if you're a person who's making your plans submitted to Christ mm. those can pan out the same way the mm. difference is the heart and we have yeah. a god who's concerned about our heart yeah and um i i just think that that's a i don't know i think that's important because it's not about the way it looks on the outside, yeah. but it's about what, um, where our heart is submitted to. Is it to us or is it to Christ?
1: Yeah, yeah. I love it. Love it. That's a great thought. And um, yeah, I think that's a great great place for us to stop there too. So uh, would someone be willing to maybe close our time in prayer here and uh, we'll maybe pray with you in your living room as well, so.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll close this in prayer. Great. So let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we just thank you for um just the time to be together and the time to uh, to talk and chat even though it's done over the over the computer we just thank you for the church and that you've created the church and and that we can be a church in this time even though we're not able to gather and father we also just want to thank you for uh, the words that are recorded in in james chapter 4 that we read and the reminder that um that this whole environment brings to our mind that we that our life is fragile that it's a mist and that's a good that's a good thing for us to remember and and to live in light of the fact that um, that we are that we are fragile and it's also a good reminder that um, that you're in control that you have a will and that that you that you love us and and that that will is good for us and uh, you want us to know it and. You, you reveal it to us through your holy Spirit and through through us um, knowing you and trusting you so God I just pray that, that that we would be drawn close to your heart and that we would learn to fall in love with you more each day uh, Father we just thank you for the gift of the holy scriptures and the truth that it brings to our lives it's in Jesus name we pray amen amen amen. amen.
1: All right, well, we love you guys, and we look forward to when we can see you again.
0: Hey all, Tommy here again. Hope you enjoyed this weekend's experience. If you have any questions or have urgent needs, reach out to us. You can do that by downloading the app or contact us through our website, medinaeast.gracechurches.org. While there, make sure to uh, click on the View Programming Updates tab. It features Power Kids updates, student ministry social media links, a Spotify playlist, and other practical resources. So glad you spent this time with us. We miss you and we look forward to when we get back together. But until then, we love you all and God bless.